You're listening to Bloom After Baby, the podcast. We're your hosts, Rachel Daggett and Jen Jordan. We're a therapist and a doctor and both moms of two. We're here to discuss the mental health and wellness needs that are unique to motherhood. From confusing hormone swings to your expanding body to boundaries in tricky relationships, we'll give you the information you need to experience motherhood in a way that feels good to you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's get to it. Today, I am sitting down with a very, very good friend of mine um, whose name also happens to be Rachel, Rachel Quigley. And in this conversation, we talk about how we met, which is a really cool story that we both just love to share and I think is really valuable for new moms to hear. We speak to the importance of mommy and me groups and postpartum support groups. We talk a little bit, or Rachel shares a bit about her mental health journey in postpartum, and she shares a really, really amazing story about something her husband did for her when she was struggling with her mental health in postpartum and how he really showed up for her and advocated for her. Really awesome story. I can't wait for you guys to hear. And then we just talk a little bit about a predicament that Rachel is currently in, which is whether or not to have a second baby. And she really shares really vulnerably. Rachel was really brave and courageous to share this, this part of her journey with us, with, with me and with you guys, our listeners. And she really wanted to do it because Rachel really wants to help other moms who maybe are in that decision-making process of, do I have another, whether you already have one or two or however many kids, or maybe you're just trying to decide if you should or want to have kids at all with your partner. And she talks you through how she's going about making that decision. Some of the conversations she's having with her husband, John, about the decision. And she shares a couple of resources that have been helpful for her in making that decision. One thing I'd really want to highlight that I hope you mamas can take away from this conversation is that it is okay to put your needs first at times uh, when you're a mother and that it's actually incredibly healthy, both for you and your children, for you to take into consideration the health of your marriage, the health of your relationship with your partner, and the health of you in your decisions that you make about your family and about growing your family and parenting decisions. Again, I, I really admire how John and Rachel are going about this. And so I was really excited to share this. And I'm so grateful to you, Rach, for your courage in sharing this with everybody. And also with working at being comfortable in the unknown. That's a really big thing that Jen and I are passionate about as well is, is teaching other moms that you aren't always going to have the answer and we may not always have the answer as well. I certainly don't, don't a lot of times don't have the answers for my clients that I work with in therapy. And a lot of our work is kind of just sitting in that and being okay in the unknown and in the gray area and just getting comfortable being uncomfortable. So can't wait to share this conversation with you. Thank you guys so much for listening and let us know if you have any questions. And um, I've got everything in the show notes if you want to reach out to Rachel or check out her her new business. And yeah, here we go. Hey, Rach. <laughs> hey, Rach. <laughs> 
Thank you. Truly, thank you for yeah. doing this with me. For sure. It's a lot. So for our listeners, I'm sitting here with <laughs> Rachel number two or one, depending how you look at it. But number two. I Rachel is a very, very dear friend and very, very important person in my life and in my journey of motherhood. And so I kind of want to set the stage so that all of you who are listening know what you can gain from this conversation and from this connection that that Rachel and I have. And so I want to set the stage a little bit for who Rachel is and how we met and our story a little bit. And so I'm I'm thinking about, well, first I want to say you are, you're, you're one of those friends that you feel like you've known forever. And like maybe in a past life mm-hmm. we were connected or something, even though I've only known you for not even four years now, because our, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> um, Nora just turned four, Reed's about mm-hmm. to turn four. And I'm thinking back to uh, like probably the most raw and vulnerable time of my life when I started a mommy and me class, when Reed was probably like what, four weeks old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And first time mom, probably one of the very few times I drove with him in a car yet. Yeah. And mm-hmm. other than taking him to the pediatrician, I'm remembering just like going up the stairs with his car seat and just shaking, right? Like, what am I doing? I'm so nervous for this group. Why did I do this? Mm-hmm. And sitting in a circle with women yeah. with all their little babies and just feeling so surreal and so out of place, but also so felt like I really belonged there at the yeah, same time. Yeah. Totally. So like uncomfortable in my skin and just so unsure. Right. When you're like a first time mom with a newborn. It's, yeah. And like any noise that they make is like, Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. My child is crying. Everybody's going to think I'm a terrible mom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the, the group leader being like, babies cry. Yeah. Know, Don't apologize when they cry. And, but we, I would, I remember watching all of us because it gave me reassurance mm-hmm. seeing other people be nervous too. Yeah. But like whenever the baby would start crying, it would be like we had this like reflex to like want to. Yeah. Like a physical reaction. Do them correctly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we looked like we were doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know what the hell we were doing. No, no, no idea. Mm-mm. No idea. And, and I remember specifically too, Reed was really gassy and uncomfortable and colicky at that mm-hmm. stage. And so I, I was so insecure and I bet every other mom felt the same way. Yeah. But I remember, uh, you were like a few people down mm-hmm. for me. And then, and I think I maybe came in late. So I heard like the tail end of your story, but I heard that your name was Rachel mm-hmm. <laughs> and that your husband's name was John <laughs> and that, your baby was born like three weeks of the day before, before Reed. Yeah. And you had a white fluffy dog. And I was like, wait, what is happening? Is this, <laughs> this crazy. what is happening? Crazy. So for context, my name's Rachel, obviously my husband is Sean and I have a white fluffy dog and yeah, it was just crazy. And I, obviously the first thing I, I thought was like, she's so beautiful <laughs> and, I, and her hair is so lovely. I'm sure. <laughs> No, it's true. No, I know, but I'm just thinking back to what I look like at that time. <laughs> in my life. Uh, yeah. So I just remember that first meeting and then yeah. COVID happened mm-hmm. like two weeks later. Mm-hmm. So I think we maybe got to take advantage of like two total in-person groups for mommy and me. And it continued on virtually, luckily. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and our leader did a great job really supporting us because COVID was such a 
weird time, obviously, and scary for everybody, but having a newborn, it was even more unsettling. And But I was in therapy at the time, and my and I was telling my therapist about you because she was really encouraging me to reach out to other moms. Yeah. And, and I was like, well, it's like I've, I'm good, right? Yeah. I've had many close friends pave the way for me, and, and I knew I could ask them, you know, but they were in different stages. Mm-hmm. All their babies at the time, her kids were a little bit older. And she was like, no, there's something really important about having a mom that you can turn to and text in the middle of the night that's in the same stage as you. Yeah. And I was like, well, I really like, really like this Rachel girl. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I feel like we would be friends and I want to ask her to be my friend, but like, I feel really weird and now it's all virtual. So anyway. Long story short, she encouraged me to reach out to you and ask you on a, a Zoom date. I remember it very, yeah. very vividly. Yeah, uh, which, yep. And we did it. I thought it was so nice. I was, oh my gosh, she's she's so ballsy to do that. Like, that's so cool. I love that, you know, because yeah. I obviously was looking for friends too. And I was kind of the opposite of you where I didn't have as many friends mm-hmm. who had kids. I think I had one at the time yeah. who had a baby like three months prior to me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like really searching for someone yeah searching for my Rachel yes it's funny now because thinking about when I was growing up I had an imaginary friend named Rachel (laughs) and so I would look in the mirror and like talk to this girl named Rachel and so then I made this friend named Rachel and my family joked because it was COVID and nobody could meet each other that are you sure you have a friend named Rachel Mm -hmm. like I swear she's real (laughs) I promise. Yeah. And then it took me like a couple years into our friendship to meet your family because yeah, uh-huh. for COVID mm-hmm. and then people getting sick or for whatever reason, not being able to attend events. But that is yeah. so funny to me. I know. It is pretty good. <laughs> so I do exist. Bogies. <laughs> um, so yeah. So just, just such a beautiful story. And I feel like we like trauma bonded yeah, a little. Totally. Because we both really struggle. Yeah. Postpartum. Mm-hmm. And I felt like you were somebody I could, like, be totally brutally honest with. Mm -hmm. And I could text, like, I'm not enjoying this. Mm -hmm. Or why did I do this? Mm -hmm. Or I remember, like, we went out out to dinner one time, like, when the babies were, like, a little bit older. And we just sat and bitched about how horrible pregnancy was. (laughs) And and I had had a lot of friends who loved being pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so it just felt so normalizing. Yeah. For me to not, like, just be loving every minute. Yeah, totally. So all that to say, you know, Jen and I, with Bloom After Baby, something we really want to offer people is ultimately knowing that you're not alone. And if you are in a Mm -hmm. tough place in pregnancy or postpartum or motherhood in whatever phase, there's nothing wrong with you. And you, Rachel, really helped me come to terms with that because going into motherhood, I thought maybe you felt this way too. It's all going to come naturally. Yes. Yes. And it's all just going to fall into place mm-hmm. because people told me that. Mm-hmm. And even providers told me that, right? Oh, he's latching in the hospital, so you're good. Yeah. And then when they things weren't good, when we got home with nursing, it felt like I was flawed. I was doing something wrong. Right. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about postpartum and what your experience was like. Okay. Yeah. I know you also struggled with, with depression and anxiety mm-hmm. historically. And then 
maybe I was surprised by how much postpartum made all that so much worse yes. for me. Yeah. I know you struggled too. So Definitely. will you share a little bit about what your experience was yeah. postpartum? Yeah. So postpartum for me was a crazy, like, smack in the face that I did not expect. Mm-hmm. I knew everybody told me and everybody says it, it's going to be so hard. This is the hardest thing you're going to do. And I was like, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Okay. But it's like one of those things that you literally just have never experienced it before. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing. And I truly feel like you can be prepared, but there's nothing that really fully prepares you. And I just remember being like, not confused, but very, oh my God, this is forever. Like this isn't going to stop. This is now my responsibility forever and I'm never going to get a break. And I think what the craziest part for me was, is your safe space, your home has now become the biggest shift. And I didn't feel like I had a safe place anymore Mm -hmm. or a place to relax or a place that I could go and unwind because the baby was constantly there. And I had had a C-section too. And so I was also in a lot of pain and I was on pain medication. And I remember just like, trying to manage the time. I remember waking up at like 3 a.m. and having to write down what time I needed to take my next pill, what time I should be feeding the baby next, what time the baby had pooped or Nora had, you know, fed or whatever. And I just remember being so overwhelmed by it all. And um, yeah, it was funny because I was even talking to Julie about this, my cousin, and she was like, I just remember you during that period and you had said to me, I just feel so alone. Like I just feel... Like no one, I don't know, like just so alone. But so I had a really, really hard time with it and there was nothing I could, I couldn't really snap myself out of it. And so when we had gone to one of our checkups, my husband, John had came with me or John came with me and Mm -hmm. we were getting Nora checked actually. Mm -hmm. And we had taken her for like a well baby visit. Okay. And the doctor was, you know, baby looked great. Everything's good. The doctor said, how's mom? How are you doing mom? And I said, I'm fine. And then John said, no, she's Mm -hmm. not, she's not okay. She's really struggling. And I think we can get her, we should get her some help. Yeah, I know. And I just remember sobbing and the doctor like hugged me and was like, this is really hard. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to get you some help. I know it was. And that was like the moment I was like, oh my God, I'm, I I feel like I'm going to cry. It was like, Oh my God, this is really hard. Mm -hmm. It's okay for me to say that this is really hard because I thought I was like the crazy one for thinking that I can't handle this. What did I just do? Mm -hmm. So I just appreciated John for doing that for me so much because I don't know that I would have ever said it, you know? Had you guys Mm -hmm. talked before the appointment about it? No, he knew that I was struggling. Like he knew that I was, and I think I had just been like, had like, I would just be crying. I remember collapsing on the stairs one day and just like cr- just like falling and crying on the stairs and being like, I hate the way I feel. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And just sobbing. And I think that might've been like right around the, maybe like the day before or yeah. right around that time. Yeah. But we hadn't really talked about it because we hadn't ever, I don't know. It's such a blur. It's such a fog. Yeah, it like is. it's. <sighs> what a beautiful thing he did for you. I know. I know. I'm so glad. You brought that up and I went, <clears throat> was going to ask you about it too because yeah. we, you and I have talked a lot about this and Jen and I are wanting to talk a lot about it yeah. with Bloom After Baby too of the in experience of the dad as yeah. well mm-hmm. and that they can struggle too with their own 
postpartum mood or anxiety mm-hmm. stuff, but also with how to help us. Yeah. Right. And Sean has shared with me so many times that he felt really lost at times with when he knew I was struggling because mm-hmm. he didn't know what he could do. He couldn't right. fix it. Mm-hmm. And so many men are programmed to fix mm-hmm. and for that to be their, you know, what they can offer that bring to the table. And so I know that for a lot of men and for those moms listening, maybe your partners have felt this way too. It's like, you feel really helpless when they see you struggling and suffering and being this version of yourself that they've never, maybe never seen before. Right. And not knowing what to do and not knowing how to help. Mm-hmm. And what John did was so beautiful. I know. Like, and so vulnerable of him to say that yeah. too, not knowing how you might react mm-hmm. or feel right in the moment about it. Yeah. And I then, don't even, yeah. And I just, I don't even think he knew. I think he, that was just, he just knew she's yeah. not okay. Uh, this is, I'm going to get yeah. help, you know? And he's really good about doing that too, about like reaching out to others for help. And yeah. I remember too, he had tried prior to this, like, I think it was like the second week, like Nora was like two weeks old, so little. Mm, yeah. And he scheduled a day out and we went to Stillwater and we got mm-hmm. beers with Julie, mm-hmm. Greg and Nicole and mm-hmm. me yeah. and John and doing stuff like yeah. that. He was able to, you yeah. know, that was him helping. And yes. Cause yeah. you wouldn't have done that. Absolutely yourself. not. No, and you wouldn't have told them. I couldn't even like, I li- I couldn't even think straight to set up a plan. Yeah. You know what I mean? I couldn't even plan yeah. something. Right. Yeah. Let alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause your brain can't, mm-hmm. I get it. It's so yeah. all consuming. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. that part of your brain is, is shut off, which yeah. is actually sort of scientifically true, yeah. which is crazy. But I love, I love that. And I just hope more dads can learn how to like fully lean into that power that they have mm-hmm. to help in ways that might not feel super intuitive to mm-hmm. them and might not feel also, there's no immediate gratification there. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But he just like advocating. And mm-hmm. like you said, cause you commented on our post about mm-hmm. it, that he found the words when you couldn't find the words yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just so beautiful. Yeah. I also think it's cool that the pediatrician even asked that. I know. I was surprised. Kaiser. Yeah. Yeah. Good I know. job. Kaiser. And she, and I'm thankful for our pediatrician too, because she has a daughter who's a year older than Nora. So I okay. felt like we were kind of Aww. in this, she understood, she yeah. understood as a mom with little ones. Yes you know, how challenging it can be. Yeah. So this, this is a kind of a tangent, but Mm -hmm. one other really important thing that has been on my heart Mm -hmm. and kind of was in my face when I had my second, when I had Blake Mm -hmm. is this, like, what is that impulse we have to not be honest with doctors? (laughs) (laughs) What? I don't know. Even when like, I'm, I'm a therapist, like we're in the office right now. Right. I, I teach people how to advocate for themselves. Right. And then in, when I'm in an, a doctor's office and they give me the PHQ-9 or the, the GAD-7, mm-hmm. which are the, like the standardized surveys for depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. I'm like hesitant to be honest. Right. I know. What is that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I don't know. I don't want them to think I'm crazy yeah. or like. That's like a whole mm-hmm. other thing we need to break down. Yeah. But. That is interesting though. Because you're I know. totally right. Yeah. And and I'll I'll tell more about this story in, in future episodes. And I don't know if I've told you this, but after we had Blake, we were in the hospital still, and they came around and they gave me those assessments for depression okay. and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And and I do want to say how how we've progressed, how that they even give those to yeah. new moms mm-hmm. now, which is incredible. But 
I had been really depressed during pregnancy, which, you know, Mm -hmm. and so if I had, if I was being brutally honest on that, I would have scored really high on the depression survey. Right. And I sat there and I like grappled with it. And Sean was sitting in the corner. He was holding Blake and I was filling it out. And the nurse had left it with Mm -hmm. me with all the other like discharge paperwork. And I was so torn up about, I was like, do I be honest on this? And then I was like, no, I have to be honest. Like this is what I'm doing for a living. I can't, I feel like I can't be honest. Even when I'm really scared to be like, how can I expect anyone else to be that's not in this field? Right. And so I was, and the look on the nurse's face when I handed it to her of, of like just pure, she was terrified. Oh, I thought you were going to say that no. she was like, oh, honey, we're no. going to take care of you. No. And bless her yeah. heart. I don't blame her. It's a systemic yeah. problem. But right. I, she obviously hadn't been trained in like. What to do. Yeah. Yeah. What to do. Oh, and, my gosh. Yeah. And so she was just like, she was like fumbling with the papers and like, okay, well, since you scored this on this, I'm going to have to call your OB and we're going to have to get her in here before you can leave. And she was like poor thing I was like so when she left I turned to Sean I was like oh my gosh I just terrified her nurse like why did I do that and he was he was jokingly like they're not gonna let us go home with her now like you're gonna end up in this in us the psych ward and it was like funny but also I was nervous yeah yeah. I genuinely was like are they gonna come in here with a straight jacket yes (laughs) anyway so that didn't happen. And they ended up sending in the, a social worker, which I was grateful for because mm-hmm. we had this great conversation. And I'm so glad that that resource is there in the hospital. Yeah. But it was just an interesting experience. And totally. There's there's so much more to talk about there. <laughs> anyway, I'm so grateful that John yes. advocated yes, for you. Yes, I know. Same. So one other thing I want to say about mm-hmm. our friendship that, I again, I think is so valuable for moms to know in terms of when you're looking for mom friends mm-hmm or friends in general, is that not only have I never felt judged by you, yeah, but I've never felt that you've judged my child. Never. And that is, that's harder to come by than, than, than you might think, yeah. you know, yeah. like, cause kids are crazy. Right. <laughs> they <And> are. <laughs> Reed has hit Nora on the back with a, a toy <laughs> vacuum before. <laughs> <laughs> and shoved her down at a the Los Molinos. Uh-huh. And he's done many things that mm-hmm. make me, and this is my own issue, not this is not about him. It's about me when yeah. I go into shame spiral. What is wrong with my child? Nothing is wrong with him. Mm-hmm. But you've never been reactive about that. You've never been yeah. judgmental about that. And I've always felt that I could come to you with anything I was going through as a mom. Mm-hmm in the transition and knew I could be completely honest with you yeah, and vice versa. And I could tell you anything that was happening with Reed and I knew you would still love my kid too. Yeah, definitely. And that is so, so important. I mean, you were there for me when I had to take Nora out of daycare. Yeah. I, John and I are so grateful for you and Sean for opening up your house and letting our child even go there for mm-hmm. two days a week mm-hmm. and she got to play with a buddy. Yeah. He hit her, whatever. No big deal. <laughs> Kids hit. Yeah, they do. I remember they were running around and they just smacked oh, right into each other. <laughs> yeah. So PSA for those of you who, who still have infants, kids hit <laughs> and bite and do all sorts of things that you 
thought your kid would never do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and nothing's wrong with your kid and nothing's wrong with you. Yeah. And like, even if you, like you struggle with Reed being physical, mm -hmm. whereas I struggle with Nora being verbal mm -hmm. and saying really yeah. hurtful verbal things. And mm -hmm. it makes me want to just crawl mm -hmm. in a hole. And again, that's like my own issue. Yeah. Cause I know that she's just you're right. finding her place and trying to figure out she knows exactly who she is. But. Yeah. And I know Dr. Becky has helped us both. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Love Dr. Becky. Mm -hmm. Okay. So last main topic mm -hmm. I want to touch on is where you are currently in your motherhood journey. Yeah. And I know as Nora and Reed were growing and embarking in the toddler stage and we were both navigating the, the struggles of that, we both were, were honest with each other about, I don't know if I want another one. Yeah. For right. a long time, we mm -hmm. both were kind of grappling with that. Mm -hmm. And Sean and I ended up deciding we did. And, and as you know, I still questioned mm -hmm. it yeah. <laughs> until she came. <laughs> but we made that decision earlier. And I know you are still yes making that decision mm -hmm. and figuring out what's best for your family. Mm -hmm. And I think the way you and John are navigating it and talking about it and the way you're seeking guidance about it. It's so easy to get stuck in like asking for advice from like a million different people. Like, what should I do? Right. I feel like you're, you have done such a good job of seeking other people's personal experiences mm -hmm. and guidance, mm -hmm. but you and John are still making the decision together right. as a team. Mm -hmm. And what I love so much is that you're taking in to account your own needs mm -hmm. as a mother, a wife, a friend, daughter, a professional, and a human being mm -hmm. in that decision. And I feel like you're such a good role model for being a mother who is wholeheartedly committed to loving her child mm -hmm. and being an incredible mom. And also knowing that you are also so much more than that and right. that, that doesn't define you. Yeah. So will you share a little bit about where you are with that and how yeah. you're making that decision? Yeah, definitely. So originally when I it's crazy because when I first had the idea of starting a family, I always thought I would have two or three kids. But before John and I got engaged, when we were still dating, I had said that I wanted kids and John said he wasn't sure. He never, he didn't say no, but he said he wasn't sure. And I said, I a hundred percent want, want children. Yeah. And he, if you're not sure, then maybe we shouldn't do this. Yeah. And we like, didn't talk for three days. We really had to decide if this was what it was. Mm -hmm. Ultimately he said, I'll be open to it. Okay. Okay. So I was like, good enough for me. I can change him. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> and this was pre-engagement. This was pre-engagement. Okay. So this is probably like, we've been together. John and I have been together too for 12 years and we've been, yeah. So we were probably dating for five years at yeah. this point. So for yeah. a while. So then after we got married and once, and when we did get married, we had within a year, we had gotten engaged, gotten married, bought a car, bought a house, moved cities, had a baby. So it was like Jeez. wild. Right. And, and that probably <sighs> is a lot to do too with my postpartum anxiety and depression. Like yes. the fact that I couldn't even, I didn't even know where to drive if I tried to get myself out of the house for the day, I wouldn't yeah. even know where to go. Yeah. You literally moved into your house. What? When I was like three weeks before I gave birth. Yeah. 30 miles South of where yeah. I was living. So anyway, then fast forward. So we had a baby, then fast forward a year and a half later at the time you're supposed to start talking about having your second, right? Mm -hmm. Supposed to. Supposed to. Uh -huh. Right. I'm like, all right, John, let's do it. And yeah. he's like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. We are barely. Yeah. 
we were barely holding it together with one. Like how, and I had never, I had never even thought that you could have one, just one. And so for me, it was really, really difficult where I was like, my world spiraled because I had originally been like, I'm having two kids. That's what I've been told. I've told myself that. Mm -hmm. And so it was really difficult for me at first. And I feel like I grieved for a while and Mm -hmm. I I really struggled with it, Mm -hmm. but it never like was totally off the table. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was always like. I don't know, pro- like not yet, but let's talk about it again. Mm-hmm. Not yet, but let's talk about it again. I feel like we've just talked about it on and off so much. So it took me a long time to come to the fact that we might not have two kids. And I was in this stance that I couldn't, I, my marriage and my family are so important to me. Mm-hmm. And I never want to be in a position where like I am forcing John to have a baby. Yeah. You know, like that just, it just wouldn't work, especially yeah. after having a child and like, it just, it has to be something that we both really want. So anyway, like now, as of this past January, we were quote unquote scheduled to have a conversation about Mm -hmm. it. And I was six days late on my period. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh shit, I think I might be pregnant. Mm -hmm. Like, oh no, this isn't, what are we going to do? And so then obviously I told him, Hey, I'm late. I'm gonna take a pregnancy test. And then when I took the pregnancy test, it was negative and I was sad, Mm -hmm. but I was more sad that the decision hadn't been made for us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it would have taken that out of of our hands. Right. And so then after that, he was like, well, if you're sad, I guess that gives us our answer and whatever you want. I just want to make you happy. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I was like, well, you know what? I actually don't know if I want another baby at this point. I have done so much soul searching in the past year, two years Mm -hmm. of my life, just like really thinking about who I am, who I want to be, who I want to become outside of being the mom. And I feel like the last 10 years of my life, I've had it basically laid out for me where I was going to get engaged, get married, move into the cliche timeline, whether or not I want to admit that, like I was living my life for that. Yeah. And I really had to ask myself, do I want another baby because that's what I'm supposed to be doing? Or do I want another baby? Why do I want another baby? And so I've really been on this like journey trying to figure that out. So anyway, now essentially the ball is in my court Mm -hmm. and I don't know if I do want another baby. Mm -hmm. And because I've really learned to like I'm having a hard time with this. It's okay. Okay. So it's, so I know that you have, you've shared some of this with me as you've gone through the process. Yeah. And what I really respect is that you have, you and John haven't been afraid to get help with this. Yeah. You, you went to couples therapy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I know at one point you guys were going through a hard time in Mm -hmm. your marriage. And do you feel like this looming decision was part of that? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And so then how did couples therapy help? Well, she basically, she opened up our eyes to saying like, even if you have a baby, like even if you have one, two, three, four kids, the most important thing for you guys is your marriage. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure that your marriage is rock solid at, at all times. And for us, the thought of bringing another baby in at this point is like not... Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't be the right, at that point, yeah. it wasn't a good time. It wasn't a good time. No, 
And so that helped, that actually helped us yeah. because we were like, okay, like this is, we are dealing with some stuff and we don't, we don't need to be adding more stress. Mm -hmm. And then I talked to another therapist and she provided me with like actual physical answers to realistic questions mm -hmm. to ask yourself about adding another mm -hmm. baby. And mm -hmm. all of this really helped with my decision too, because it was like, can, is your family going to be able to handle the added stress? Are you financially secure for this? Mm -hmm. Will you need another car? It asked like actual, yeah. right. Tangible questions. Tangible questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That made it more measurable. Yes, exactly. And I think that like you could in a fantasy world, you could say like, yes, we'll, yeah. we'll make it work. We'll figure it out. Yep. It's all good. But like, this is the only thing that we don't, that we as a society talk about mm -hmm. in like a fantasy world when it should be like the most realistic conversation that you have. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you will figure it out because you don't have another choice. Yeah. Once the baby comes, I don't know, you do have a choice of how your yeah. family is going to. And yeah, you will figure it out because mm -hmm. you don't have a choice when the baby is there, the child is there, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it's going to be a good situation. Right. Right. doesn't mean everything's going to be provided for. Right. Right. It mm -hmm. doesn't. And uh, it's hard to even be honest about that. Yeah. To say that. Mm -hmm. Cause I, and it has been, I, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And I know like when I, before I got pregnant, I joined a Facebook group mm -hmm. that was like one and done because mm -hmm. I was in that, that, right train for mm -hmm. a long time and it feels so taboo and I know I do want to say mm -hmm. I know one of your fears and talking about this openly is that you're going to come off that you don't love being a mom yeah right and then you don't love your daughter mm -hmm. so I know and I and people who are listening mm -hmm. know and your family and she and John there's no question that you would give your life for her right that you are an amazing mom and that you love being a mom you you do yeah. I know you do so just because you aren't sure if you want to have another, like to me, that's like, you're being really responsible right. in this decision. Mm -hmm. And also something that's coming up for me is that I feel like in previous generations, there was this, this given narrative of, Oh, it, ju it will just work out. Right. Yeah. Right? Like mm -hmm. when you get married, you get married to have a family mm -hmm. and then your kids are everything to mm -hmm. you. And mm -hmm. especially for moms, it's you, you sacrifice everything for your children and that's what being a mom is. Mm -hmm. And the there are consequences to that. There, there have right, been. Right. I think a lot of marriages were lost because of that mm -hmm. narrative. And mm -hmm. I'm just grateful that, I don't know, I'm grateful that we're given this even opportunity to make make a different choice totally. for ourselves mm -hmm. and our, our marriages mm -hmm. and to put our marriages first. I remember Sean and I, when we did premarital counseling, that was something we we're taught that no matter what happens, you, your relationship has to be first. Yeah. No matter if you have one kid or 10 or none, your marriage has to come before your careers. Mm -hmm. Like not every day, not every minute right. of the day. Yeah. But I wasn't taught that growing up. No. At all. No. It was like. I don't know if anyone was. Especially so, if you have any sort of religious background. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that is a lot where it comes uh -huh. from. And Sean and I put those words in our mm -hmm. vows that we wrote because we were like so inspired by mm -hmm. it and we still are. And it's so true. But anyways, I, I really admire you for putting that first and for not being afraid to talk about this because mm -hmm. I know it's hard. Yeah. And, and I know you want to help. Part of why you wanted to talk and we're open to talking about this because I asked you. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you forced me to come I on did. here. <laughs> 
because you really do want to reach other moms and you want to yeah. help other moms who may mm-hmm. be either trying to decide if they want to have another yeah. or just feeling lost in motherhood and yeah. who am I anymore? Yeah. And like, it is okay to not die on the hill that your children are everything to you or your child Mm -hmm. and that you're only you just that your purpose in life is to be a mom and that's it yeah totally and I think there's just a lot of fear around if you do want multiples that they have to be close in age and that they have to be a certain way or I don't know if we decide to have another one I'm not saying we're totally done but I'm also not saying that we're not and I think that that's okay too to like leave it open-ended just based on like we'll decide when we decide. And if we had a kid and they'd probably be five years apart mm-hmm. and that's fine because mm-hmm. that's the decision that we're making for our family yes. and just being like really confident in that. And, you know, it, doing a lot of research on what it would look like to have just one child. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. The things you find a lot of it is systemic, right? Mm-hmm. When people ask you, for example, mm-hmm. it's never, are you going to start a family? It's, are you guys going to have kids? Yeah. Multiple. Yeah. Even little questions like that. And I think that I struggled with that for so long just to get out of this sort of vision that I had. Yeah. Um, It's okay to change and it's okay to switch paths. And it's crazy how motherhood will just make you hit complete rock bottom and figure it out Mm -hmm. from the ground up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm grateful for it. I really am. Yeah. I think it's done the, a number, <laughs> a number, a number on me. I'm um, sweating. Same, same. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's it's uncomfortable conversation. Yeah, so important though. Is there a part of you too, along with mm-hmm. that, like idea of it being a given that mm-hmm. you have multiple kids? Has there been a concern or a stress or worry that you're gonna damage Nora somehow? There has been in the past, but based on, like I said, it. I'm the type of person, like, once I have one idea in my head, I'll just go down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. and read every book and research every influencer and podcast I can. So if you, no. need, <laughs> if you need tips, <laughs> let me know. But yeah, definitely. Like, I, she needs a sibling relationship and yeah. she, she's going to be a spoiled brat or yeah. all these things. And then just the more I've come to research it, like, some of the most successful people mm-hmm. are single children. Some of the smartest, most well-liked research has shown that they are only children because they don't have their siblings to sort of lean on. They're forced to get out of their comfort zone, make these strong relationships with friends. They don't have siblings that are either trailing behind them or that they're looking up to, to follow a certain path so they can really choose who they are Mm -hmm. and who they want to be. And they have two parents who are putting all of the time and love yeah. and attention, and it can be a really beautiful way to raise a family. Mm-hmm. And I think it's quality over quantity. If we decide to have another one, great. And if we decide to have just one, I'm also totally happy with that and just going to roll with it. Yeah. 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 I don't know how we pulled this off, but it's a Wednesday night here as we record three between us there's three children that Mm -hmm. are accounted for somewhere not within our (laughs) possession currently (laughs) and we're gonna go out to dinner sounds great so thank you rachel thank you rachel (laughs) and thank you so much for everything you're doing for moms and you are so inspiring and i admire you in a million ways that i can't properly express verbally but you are an angel 
feeling is so mutual. And in the spirit of identity, will you tell us a little bit about what you're doing in your sure. career? And how people can find you if they're in the market for real estate. Yeah. So I am a newly licensed, six months ago, real estate agent. But yeah. I've been in the real estate industry for six years, working more on the escrow side. And now I've just fallen so in love with South Orange County, where I live, that I want to bring as many amazing people to houses that they want to live and grow and love down here in, in this beautiful place that we call home. And so if you are in the market for a home list or buy, let me know and I can help you. Yeah. All right. So I'll link your website and my Instagram is at Rachel Bogey. That's B O G Y. <laughs> right. looks like bogey. <laughs> It was bogey in my head for the longest time. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Love you. Love you. Thanks so much for tuning in with us today. If you enjoyed this episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. Your feedback means the world to us and helps us know which conversations you are needing the most. And we'll keep bringing you new episodes every week. So hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Also, be sure to check out the show notes for any links or resources that we mentioned. We're on this journey with you, so be sure to find us on the gram and TikTok. Plus, go to bloomafterbaby.com and grab our free guides on all things motherhood created just for you. Breathe, be well, and keep growing, mama.